This is the Gambling Gauchos. What is up, everybody? Welcome into Gauchos After Dark, recapping this college football Saturday around the Big 12. Uh, hey, I need y'all's help tonight. My co-host, Rob, is out with an undisclosed illness, and so I need y'all to chime in with comments, questions, concerns to keep this thing going. So if you have something on your mind, go ahead and request to speak, and we'll get to as many people as possible. Um, if you've joined us in weeks past, you know that we've had prompts to kind of get some conversation going. And uh, this week, I'm curious who you think the top two teams in the Big 12 are and who the bottom two teams in the Big 12 are. also want to give a shout-out to our sponsor, Barnett Howard & Williams Law Firm. They are based out of Fort Worth but handle cases all across the state of Texas. You can learn more about them at bhwlawfirm.com. Okay, we will get into it. Um, like I said, go ahead and request to speak if you've got something on your mind you want to share or questions you want to ask. Um, guess we'll start with the 11 a.m. games. Texas absolutely takes Oklahoma to the woodshed. 49-0 shutout victory, largest victory for Texas in that entire series' history. Um, they look legit to me. I kind of talked about this over the past week as far as not ruling them out of the Big 12 title conversation. But especially with Quinn Ewers healthy, they look like a really dynamic offense. Uh, you look at their two losses, overtime in a tough environment in Lubbock, and a last-second field goal against Alabama where they didn't have Ewers for the final three quarters of that game. Um, I mean, they're really a couple breaks away from being 5-0 and with um, a really quality win on their resume. So I think that uh, they're a real threat to get to Arlington the flip side of that, Oklahoma, um, 0-3 in conference play for the first time since 1998. And um, I just don't know – I don't know what needs to click for that team to, to kind of rebound and be more of a threat moving forward. But they look like they've got a long ways to go. You also wonder kind of what they might be playing for at this point. I mean, that's not a program that prides itself on going to a bowl game and – being completely out of the playoff picture in the Big 12 title race. How does Brent Venables keep those guys motivated moving forward uh, to prevent the wheels from just completely falling off there? The other 11 a.m. game was uh, TCU. College game day goes to Lawrence. Uh, good game, back and forth. Jalen Daniels goes down with an injury. You hate to see that, but Jason being the backup did a great job in relief and really kept the Jayhawks in the game. They had a shot to win it, but uh, TCU stays undefeated, kind of spoils Kansas's perfect season. Um, you wonder with Kansas now, I think it's pretty fair to say that their five easiest games were the first five that they played, and they were an underdog today and lost. I think they'll be underdogs in their last six. I think they're still likely to reach a bowl game, but – for where that storyline was going into today while they were hosting college game day 5-0, and announcing new stadium renovation plans, if they finish 0-7 and miss a bowl game, that has to be one of the most epic collapses um, in recent memory. So they'll be, of course, scrapping for bowl eligibility every game the rest of the season. Might be a, a tough task for them, but we'll see. To the 2-30 game was the Dust Bowl or... Red Dirt Rivalry, whatever you want to call it. Baron Morton gets his first 
career start and I thought really showed out. Would have loved to see him finish that game healthy because his mobility um, being taken away from him definitely seemed to make an impact both in the run game and just his ability to kind of evade the rush. Um, Overall, I think a solid team performance from Texas Tech. I mean, you're on the road against a top 10 team, um, have a 31 to 23 lead at one point in the third quarter and uh, ultimately didn't have enough. And, you know, that's a testament to Oklahoma state's resiliency and the way they played down the stretch, forcing a couple three and outs and, finally turned Morton over at one point. But, uh, man, Texas Tech, even though they've got three losses, they've looked kind of like a tough out in all three of them. And that just kind of seems to be – they seem to be living up to that brand that they put on themselves this offseason, that they're going to be the toughest, hardest-working, most competitive team in the country. Um, look, they're not going to win every game. Obviously, they haven't won every game. But they're not making it easy on anybody. So – it's kind of like our uh, – I think there was a quote about the Texas Tech basketball team recently that – I think it was Lon Kruger back when he was at OU said that playing these guys is like going to the dentist. And I feel like win or lose, that's kind of the identity we're building for ourselves in football. And uh, in my mind, that's a that's a pretty good place to be in. You know, you could do a lot worse than being some pesky, annoying team on everybody's schedule that they simply can't overlook. So um, Rob and I will have a – kind of deep dive recap on that tomorrow. Uh, And then, of course, they're on a bye week, so no opponent next weekend. Then they'll be back in Lubbock to play West Virginia after that, and hopefully we'll be able to get back on track. Um, Then the final game. It was ugly, but K-State fans will take it. They moved to 3-0 in Big 12 play with a 10-9 win over Iowa State in Ames. And Iowa State is a team that, I also kind of worry about the wheels falling off. They're 0-3 in conference play. The offense has just been dreadful. Um, two touchdowns in their last 10 quarters of play. Scored nine points today. Scored 11 against Kansas last weekend. Um, simply put, they're going to have to score a lot more often if they want to be competitive through the heart of this conference schedule. So that's kind of where things are at. Um, Baylor and West Virginia were on a bye week. They're going to play on Thursday night. So that's kind of an interesting spot. Um, Baylor has never won in Morgantown before, but I think they'll be favored. And West Virginia, I think, is perceived as the bottom of the conference, although maybe OU has something to say about that. So interesting game. If if West Virginia can notch a win, maybe they kind of get back on track. That would be a huge disappointment for Baylor based on where their aspirations were preseason if they were to fall to one and two in Big 12 play. Um, some other interesting games around the conference next weekend, TCU, Oklahoma State. Um, a lot of people might view them as the top two contenders. So that's kind of where things stand right now. Uh, like I said, go ahead and chime in or uh, request to speak if you've got thoughts on uh, any game or team around the Big 12. would love to hear who you all think are the top two teams in the conference and who are the bottom two teams in the conference. Um, as I look around, there just seems to be a ton of parity, ton of competitiveness. You saw it today with Iowa State and Kansas State. One of those teams is 3-0, and the other is 0-3, and it was a one-point game. So I can definitely foresee a lot of games like that through the Big 12 conference schedule. Um, I'm going to have to start calling on people if, if you all don't chime in with your own questions and comments. 
I might follow up with Mooney first because you were on the podcast this week and I uh, want to get your thoughts on the game or anything else around the Big 12. Mr. Root, I'm approving you, so once that loads, it is all you, man. What's up? Mr. Root? It's off. Good grief. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Dog. That's all I have to say about Baron Morton, man. That dude looks so good, uh, especially in the first half. And, man, I wish he hadn't gotten hurt. Uh, he, I, I don't know if the rest of y'all saw that, but he had a humongous bruise on his shin in that second half. I mean, but it, it, it's real nice being able to see into the future a little bit, even though it was just two quarters. And, man, I think we're in good hands offensively. Uh, from the quarterback position, and then it, it just looks so smooth out there uh, in that first half this morning uh, today. And the O line looked good um, most most of the part, aside from when they had to you know block for a one legged QB. But man, I, I I was just really impressed with Baron, and uh, I I think you could really do uh, one through eight in the Big Twelve. Really, any of the any of the teams. Nine, West Virginia, and then OU is just absolute dog water. They are so bad. That's the worst football team I've ever seen <laughs> come out of Norman. Um, yeah. Just embarrassing football from them. Yeah, they have they have not been this bad in my lifetime, at least that I can remember. Like I guess that 1998 season, I was five years old, but I wasn't really paying much attention to OU football. Um, I was As I was looking at their – you know, past seasons to find anything comparable to this one. You know, they were pretty bad in 2014, but they still had a winning conference record. And, you know, I don't know if they'll do that this year, but it's just hard for me to reconcile that. Like, yeah, based on resume, they're definitely bottom two, but they should still probably be one of the two most talented teams in the conference. And so it's hard for me to like put them below some of these other teams like Iowa State, but I don't know where else you'd put them at this point. Yeah, they they just look so bad. Uh, I, I'm glad that our uh, sleeper agent from Muleshoe infiltrated the OU program and just destroyed them from within. <laughs> yeah, that was tough to deal with while he was there, but uh, I guess he was playing the long game the whole time. And uh, I'm with you on Morton. I, but we'll see how it shakes out after the bye week. I think that's when they expect Shuck back, but... I would love to just turn the page and say this is the Baron Morton era for better or for worse, and he might take some lumps the rest of the season. But if he's healthy, I really don't want to do this dance back and forth with, you know, like, look, you went from Shuck to Donovan already, Donovan to Morton. If you go back to Shuck and Shuck gets hurt, it just – like, let's just – we all think Baron Morton's the future, right? So why not just ride with him and – like, yeah, he might make some freshman mistakes this season, but he also flashed today in ways that made me think that Shuck wouldn't be a huge improvement over him, even though he's got the experience factor. So I'd rather just ride with Morton and, and say he's the guy the rest of this season and into next season and then let the chips fall where they may. Yeah, I would agree with that. And as the the color commentator said, uh, he has a hose and he's tougher than woodpecker lips which I've never heard before in my life, but I, I appreciate that <laughs> turn of phrase. I uh, I did not hear that 
comment, actually. That's that's one way to put it. I'm going to stick with West Texas tough, but I guess tougher than woodpecker lips isn't yeah. bad either. Yeah, I, I don't know. that. The color guy was just on one the entire game. <laughs> he was yeah, he was a little bit over the top for me. Uh, just like a little bit extreme. <laughs> yeah, it was like Gus Johnson on steroids. Yeah, yeah, like a wannabe Gus Johnson. Um, anyway, Thomas, I see you're in. Uh, thoughts on the Dust Bowl or anything else around the Big Twelve today? Yeah, I think uh, I think you guys have already kind of said it. Welcome to the the Baron Morton era. Uh, I don't see how you can take him off the field unless you know he's severely injured at this point. Um, great that we have the the bye coming up, but if I'm McGuire, if I'm Kitley. I want Morton to be playing the the entire rest of the way out. The offense just looked like the like the offense that we were kind of all promised uh, it was going to be this year with Kitley. Um, tell me, tell me this if you guys agree. Feels like Morton is honestly kind of like a, a better runner um, than Vince Donovan is, as far as just when he makes a decision, he's gone, um, and that's kind of maybe like. Uh, something that that Donovan um, really just didn't do, um, as or doesn't do as well. Uh, it feels like maybe Donovan always takes a little bit longer to get going, and Morton just uh, a little bit quicker as far as the uh, the run option goes. I I totally agree. I, no, I think it's two things. I think he's more elusive, and I think he just has a better sense of what is going on with the protection and the pocket around him. That was like, look at, I mean, it's easy for me to gripe from my couch that Donovan isn't escaping a sack, but Morton seems to sense when the protection is breaking down sooner, which is step one. And then step two, like you're saying, he's decisive. He makes a move and, you know, he just, he rolls out of the pocket or steps up and runs it. And I think that is why we were able to avoid so many of those really negative plays that, have kept us behind the sticks in other games. NC State especially comes to mind. Uh, we had second and 11 or more, like, multiple times that game. So I think he's able to just avoid the the really negative plays, or at least it seemed that way today, you know, small sample size. But I think he's also a little bit quicker. You know, Donovan has the advantage with, you know, his large frame, and he can kind of put his shoulder down and, and fall forward for a couple yards when you need a few. But – I think Morton is actually the more skilled at sensing when the pocket is about to collapse around him and then more elusive in terms of actually escaping and avoiding a negative play. So that w- that was encouraging to see because offensive line is definitely the biggest weakness on this team to this point in the season. And so to help mitigate that, it certainly helps to have an elusive quarterback like Morton seemed to be. Um Thomas, I'd be remiss if I didn't get your top two teams in the Big 12 and bottom two teams in the Big 12. So bottom two, I think, is fairly easy. Uh, West Virginia, Oklahoma right now. Uh, top two, you know, I I think until they lose, obviously, Oklahoma State. Um, and then that other one, I, I feel like right now, it has to be Kansas State. Um, I know, like, the, the win today for them was – not the prettiest win, but, you know, it is still a win. Um, also, what I was going to want to bring back up real quick is, so I guess this is like the third straight game where 
the opponent has their first possession and they score in less than three plays. Uh, <laughs> hopefully we, we can maybe stop that going forward. I don't yeah. know. I feel like that'd be a, a great way to not lose a football game. Yeah, that is a concerning trend. And, of course, today you kind of put the defense in a really bad spot with the failed onside kick attempt. But the other two games, I think Texas went 75 yards. Um, Kansas State, I think, also 75. I think they were both touchbacks to open those games. And so, yeah, it's really tough. Um, Whether it's the opponent getting the ball first or not, it's really tough to just kind of lose any semblance of momentum really – as soon as the game kicks off. So I, I'm i with you. I, I think they really need to put a stop to that. And, man, it'd be fun to, like, force three punts in a row coming out of the gates defensively and then see what the offense can do. But, yeah, it's been that's been kind of tough to overcome uh, the last three weeks, giving up seven points that quickly as soon as you give the ball to the other team. So we'll see if they can get that corrected. Um, G, cactus emoji, you've been very patient. Thank you for – Waiting. I need your top two teams and bottom two teams in the Big 12 and then whatever else you got. Uh, I agree with Thomas on top two and bottom two. I think Oklahoma State and K-State are top two, and uh, Oklahoma and West Virginia are bottom two. Uh, but I have a couple of points. Uh, I, I agree 100% about uh, Barron's escapability. I think of the three quarterbacks, he's – he by far has the best pocket awareness, even trying to remember back to Shuck playing last year and then the one game against Murray State. Uh, but also, I mean, the Pandora's box has already been open now with Barron starting and all of us seeing what he can do. And it's going to be impossible to put him back in that box now. The The calls were already loud for Barron to get playing time and – they're going to be deafening going forward. I don't, I don't know that I would make Shuck the starter going forward. And that's all I had to say. Yeah, good thoughts. I appreciate you chiming in, and I'm with you. I think it's you, you said Pandora's box. I think it's hard to put the toothpaste back in the tube. Um, it, you know, if he had struggled today, like if he had flashed the talent, but you know, struggled and turned the ball over three times or missed some throws that he should have had then maybe it's a different story. But, I mean, it was a pretty pretty flawless game until he got hurt and lost the mobility, which obviously isn't his fault. And part of the reason why Rob and I were kind of opposed to rolling him out there to this point was that there just wasn't a good spot to do it, you know. Um, after the NC State game where Donovan and really the entire offense didn't play well, we're like, okay, are you going to ask a redshirt freshman to make his first career start against Texas? In that kind of environment, probably not. And then after that, a top 25 team in Manhattan on the road, probably not. And it sounds like he started today more so out of necessity, but ideally I don't think this staff would have wanted his first career start to be on the road at a top 10 team like Oklahoma State. But now that the cat's out of the bag and you come home to play West Virginia, um, I think you have Kansas after that also at home. Those are two, in my opinion, really good spots to keep that train rolling and get him some additional experience for the rest of the season. Um, I, I think it's a really bad spot to pull him back out of that role and make a a third quarterback change this season, go back to Shuck. 
who hasn't seen any live action now in it would be what six or seven weeks by that point so I'm, I'm totally with you and I think that's probably the fan sentiment at about 99% of people um, they've seen Morton they liked what they saw and there's really no reason to switch at this point I don't think yeah I'm with you on that uh, I've been pro Donovan this whole time too uh, one thing I do worry about if if Shuck is thrown back out there and Shuck finishes the season, does do we lose Morton to the portal? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in today's college football, you have to kind of be thinking about that. And it, it's hard to, hard to manage personnel decisions based on that. But um, th- that's where I go back to thinking two years from now, like who's going to be a starter next year or the year after that? Um, to me, it looks like that should be Morton. I mean, he's the youngest. He's got the most eligibility, uh, seems to have the highest ceiling. And so I think all three guys could be power five starters, but you don't want to lose your youngest, most talented one, keeping the other two happy. And so I think you just, you know, if Shuck and Donovan want to transfer and seek playing time elsewhere, then you kind of wish them luck, tip your hat. But yeah, that's a good point. I would hate to play your hand in a way that causes – Baron to wonder if he's the guy for the future and seek greener pastures elsewhere. Cause I definitely want him here next season and the season after that. Um, so yeah, I, I think that is a concern. I, I mean, I think you're going to lose at least one to the portal, no matter how it shakes out, just cause all three guys rightfully feel like they should be getting playing time at a power five school like this. Um, but I certainly hope it's not Baron Morton. That'd be a pretty devastating loss, I think. All right. uh, If anybody else wants to chime in, questions, comments, concerns, complaints, uh, bad beats. I had a bad beat today. I picked LSU plus three, and they lost by like 27. So uh, missed it by that much. Um, Had a lot of good uh, Donovan Smith under prop bets because those were still on the board after – we were made aware of Baron Morton becoming the starter. So that was probably the easiest pick I'll make all season. Um, but yeah, otherwise a pretty entertaining day around the big 12. And it seems like we say this every weekend, but just tons of parody, tons of competitiveness, and it doesn't seem to be letting up anytime soon. So uh, if nobody has anything else, we'll go ahead and wrap up. Appreciate everybody tuning in to Gaucho's after dark sponsored by Barnett, Howard and Williams. Uh, we wish Rob well in his recovery from an undisclosed illness. He was a game-time decision tonight and couldn't quite make it. So we'll catch up with him next week. Um, appreciate you all for tuning in. Have fun out there. Be safe. Love you all.